What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Shooting the Schmidt podcast. So this is basically Overtime Takes, just with a much cooler name. I'm your host, Jonathan Smith, and I'm so excited to finally be back on the mic. You know, it's been a couple weeks with graduation and moving back home and things like that. I haven't been able to be on the mic as much as you know I, I like to be, and usually I like to pop out two or three episodes a week. <clears throat> but that hasn't really been too, too much of an option right now. But yeah, so, oh man, I'm so excited. The NBA playoffs are going on. And I just, I cannot wait to get into them. So we're going to start with the games from Saturday. Pretty much all the game ones, or the first set of, of the game ones. And, oh man, I'm, I'm excited. So, we'll start with, with the Mavs Clippers. You know, I liked the Mavs to win this series in six. Luka, 31-10-11. We saw him carve up the Clippers last year in in the bubble. And, you know, it's going to be the same thing this year, it looks like. You know, 31-10-11. You know, they didn't put Kawhi on him as much as I thought that they would. Kawhi Leonard played well, 26-10-5. But the Clippers are going to have to figure out something. Because, I mean, Luka gave them all that they could handle last year with Kristaps Porzingis out. Now, you know, I mean, Kristaps Porzingis is back. That's a whole other weapon that you really have to worry about. And so I'm kind of interested to see what adjustments they're going to make on the defensive end. You know, playoff P was trending about, you know, five minutes into this, which is just... Absolutely, you know, insane how quickly he was trending. I, I thought he played okay, and then I was looking at the box score, and I was like, he didn't play okay. He was 8 of 18 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3. He shot the ball so well from 3 in the regular season, too, so that's a huge drop-off. 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 23 points. He guarded Luka for a lot of the game as well. Didn't exactly do a great job. So they're going to have to figure out something there. And they didn't rough him up as much as they did last year. Which then again, you know, Luca, he's a really tough guy. So, you know, who, you know, like, I don't really know what, what they're gonna do defensively on him. I think that they should just stick Kawhi Leonard on him. You know, Kawhi Leonard was regarded as one of the best defenders in the NBA these past few years. Hasn't really been acting like that so far these playoffs or really just the regular season as well. You know, but we'll see what they do. I'm interested. Look, Ty Ty Lu, that's a really good head coach. They're playing game two tonight at 10.30 on, on NBA TV. And so we'll kind of see what they wind up doing there. I'm super excited, though, for for this new, I guess, adventure, this new playoff series, the new just everything. You know, fans are back as well, which is making this even better than what it was last year. And the bubble was, was an awesome experience last year. Speaking of the bubble last year, that's right, the king of segways is back. Speaking of the bubble, one of the most surprising series that we had last year in the bubble, the Heat and the Bucks. I'm oh man, this series is gonna be well, it's it's not gonna be great. So game one, you know, had us with this experience of like, oh man, this is gonna be such a great back and forth series. You know, it's gonna be neck and neck, it's gonna be great. You know, Chris Middleton hits the buzzer beater, you know, to win it in overtime. And, you know, I heard someone say after game one, they're like, man, you know, if Milwaukee had lost this series or had lost game one, then, then you know, they would have felt like they were in real trouble, kind of like the series was over because, you know, game one, Jimmy Butler didn't play well. He was 4-22 from the field. Bam didn't play well. He was 4-15, only had nine points. And, you know, still, Miami almost found a way to beat him. And, you know, I understand that and I get kind of what they're saying, but... 
I kind of feel that way for the Heat, especially after watching game two, because, like, Giannis didn't play well. He was 10 of 27 from the field. Like, that's terrible. He's not going to play that bad again. You know, he still, you know, had 26 and 18, but, you know, the efficiency just wasn't there. He's usually very efficient. P.J. Tucker didn't play well in game one. Barely played, only played 18 minutes. You know, they they didn't shoot the ball very well. That's the worst. You know, they shot 16% from three, and they were still able to pull out a W. So, look, like, this series is over. Milwaukee, you know, I don't think they'll sweep them. I do have enough spec for Miami and Eric Spolcher and these guys that they'll probably get a game or two off of them. But I think Milwaukee is far superior, the better team. Drew Holiday, his impact is so much better. Chris Middleton's better because they have Drew Holiday. He's not having to initiate initiate the offense every time down. You know, that's kind of, you know, that's why they got Drew Holiday, right? And so Chris Middleton's able to do what he does best, and that's shoot the basketball, right? You know, he was one of the best shooters in the NBA this last year. And look, man, we, we saw it in game two. I mean, the Bucks absolutely lit them up from three. I stopped watching. Like I won't even lie. Like when they went by thirty in the first half, you know, I had the game on in the background, but you know, I was shooting basketball and I had the game up on my computer just to kind of check in, in in case it got close. And I mean, it was just, oh my goodness, it was just an absolute massacre, man. Final score ended up being one thirty two to ninety eight. I mean, they beat them by thirty four. That's that's got to be some kind of record. It's got to be some kind of record. I mean, that's absolutely in. Saying to me that that they shot well then again you know they shot the ball great and that's you know why that happened right so the Nets and the Celtics you know the Celtics they they gave us some hope there in the first half you know Robert Williams dude's a beast so many block shots he was he was awesome for them but look you know the Nets they're uber talented you know if the Celtics had Jalen Brown you know I'd give them the chance you know to maybe take a game or two off of them. I think the Nets, I think this is a four-game sweep. And, yeah, I think it's really that simple. You know, Jason Tatum, 6 of 20 from the field, not not great. He's going to have to be better. Kimball Walker, 5 of 16 from the field, he's going to have to be better. I mean, they just, they did not shoot the ball well at all. You know, Marcus Smart, you know, had probably had their, their highest field goal percentage, and he was 6 of 13. And, look, like, if Marcus Smart's your most efficient player, then, you know, you're you're in real trouble. I mean, they they just didn't shoot the ball very well in general, right? And then the Nets, on the other hand, started rough. You know, they couldn't buy buy a basket. I think, like, at one point, Durant, Irving, and Harden were combined, like, 5 for 20, something absolutely terrible like that. And then, you know, you look up at the the end of the game, and Kevin Durant's got 32, and Kyrie had 29, and James Harden had 21, 8, and 9. I mean, these guys, there's just so much talent on the offensive end. I think the only team out east, I think the Bucks can beat them, and I think that the Sixers can beat them. But, I mean, it, you know, I had, I had the Nets in this series, you know, f- five games. I do think, you know, Jason Tatum, I think he's capable of having a game where he goes and gets like 54 and they win just because Jason Tatum scores 54. So, you know, but, you know, the Nets, they played good defense, you know, holding Boston to 93, you know, holding – you know, Kimba and Jason Tatum to a combined, you know, 11 of 36. So, you know, their defense was good. People forget, like, when Kyrie wants to play defense, Kyrie Irving can really play defense. Kevin Durant, you know, when he was playing for Golden State, he was tasked with having to guard LeBron. So, you know, he, he can play defense. You know, his length really bothers players and things like that. So, you know, we'll see, 
you know, I was very impressed with, with their defense. So game two for that should be tomorrow, I believe. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how, how that one goes. Next game we got here, Trailblazers and Nuggets. Trailblazers took game one. You know, Damian Lillard, man, dude is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, 34-13 and 13 in game one. He was insane last night in the second quarter as well. You know, Jokic only had one assist in game one. Really kind of cleaned that up in game two. Was much more of a distributor. Five assists instead of one. Which, look, like that's his greatest strength. You know, that's what Portland wants to do. They want to take that away from him. And, you know, it was... You know, it was a great game to watch last night. And the Nuggets obviously ended up winning. The biggest adjustment that we saw is they put Aaron Gordon on Damian Lillard. And, you know, Aaron Gordon's a great on-ball defender. And let's be honest, like, you're not going to stop Damian Lillard. You're not going to stop these super great players. But if you can just bother him, you can just make it tough on him, which is exactly what Aaron Gordon did. I mean, there's nothing much else that you can really ask for there. And, man, Aaron Gordon just looked absolutely great last night defensively. Jokic looked good. He shot the ball well. You know, him going toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard offensively. I mean, Damian finished with 42. Jokic finished with 38. And look, you know, Damian Lillard had 32 at at the end of the first half. And he only scored 10 in the second half. That's in large part because of Aaron Gordon. Like, Aaron Gordon did an absolutely fantastic job defensively. So, those are kind of the games that have happened so far. We're going to look at the games from, from Sunday now. Look, the Sixers, they're going to sweep the Wizards. I mean, there's really no other way around it. You know, I I like the Wizards. You know, I love Bradley Beal. That dude's a bucket and a half. But at the end of the day, you know, the Sixers, they're just better. You know, Tobias Harris went out and got 37. Ben Simmons, I thought, played well. Joel Embiid didn't dominate as much as I thought he would, but he still played well. And now the series, now we can get into a couple of the series that I think people are really excited about. The Lakers and the Suns. Man, I... So, look, if you're a Lakers fan, don't hit the panic button. LeBron doesn't always win game one. Game one's a... It's it's a feel-me-out game. Okay, Anthony Davis was atrocious. 5 of 16 from the field. Like, he's not going to play any worse than that the rest of the series. LeBron only took 13 shots. He's going to take more shots going forward. And, you know, that's really kind of what this comes down to. Like, like we know what LeBron's going to do. The question is, what is Anthony Davis going to do? And, you know, Anthony Davis probably didn't have as good a rhythm, especially with all the injuries that he's had this year. So I'm really intrigued to kind of see what happens with this series. Like, you know, like the Lakers were minus 18 with Anthony Davis on the floor. That won't happen again. There's no way that happens again. And, man, and then, you know, the Suns, you know, Devin Booker. Devin Bucket Booker getting 34. Super impressive. You know, this is the year where we're really, we're really going to see some young stars kind of show up. Guys like Devin Booker, Luka, Jokic. You know, we're kind of seeing these, this next wave of guys. I think Jason Tatum, he's going to shine in his series a little bit. And so we're kind of getting into this next wave of really good players. And, and I'm, I'm excited. You know, this we're going to get to kind of see the young core of the NBA really pop up here. Uh, DeAndre Ayton played really well as well. You know, 10 of 11 from the field. He finished with 21 and 16 rebounds. That's huge, especially playing against the big Laker front with Drummond and Anthony Davis. So his ability to rebound was awesome. 
And, you know, Chris Paul's Chris Paul. He only had seven points. He only took eight shots. But, you know, he had eight assists. The offense ran through him. He's just such a great facilitator. and He's great at getting guys in positions and things like that. And, man, like this, this is going to be really interesting to kind of see. This game got a little little chippy, too. You know, Cameron Payne got ejected. You know, Chris Paul with the box out on LeBron that knocked him over. And then, oh, it was great. So this series, I mean, this is the one that I think people were really looking at for round one. Because these are two of the best teams in the West. I still like the Lakers to win this series. But just knowing that, you know, the Phoenix Suns are going to be able to take a couple games off of them is, oh, man, I'm, I'm excited for the game tonight. They're playing tonight at 10 on, t- on TNT, I believe. So I'm going to be locked into that. Oh, I'm I'm so excited to kind of see how how this series ends up turning out. And then, you know, we got to look at the Hawks. Speaking of young guys who are going to pop, Trey Young, dude. Trey freaking Young. Dude was awesome. Okay, John Collins played well as well. You know, Hunter had a big three late. You know, Clint Capella did what Clint Capella does, protect the rim and rebound. Trey Young, dude, 11-23 from the floor, 32 points. Showed up down the stretch, hit the game winning floater. Like when he when he got it when he got into the lane, like you knew, like this this game's over. Like he's he's hitting the shot. And the Knicks love the Knicks. They don't have a guy who can guard Trey Young. They don't. And I mean, they played eleven guys. Golly, that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys to play in the playoffs. But Julius Randle didn't play well. He was six to twenty three. Like if you're the Knicks, you're not hitting the panic button. Your best player was bad. You know, Julius Randle was just bad. But at the same time, you know, you're not getting 27 from Burks again. You're, you're not. Sorry. So they're going to have to figure something out here. The, the Hawks are better. That's why I picked them to win the series. I mean, they're just they're just way more skilled than the Knicks are. Like, Julius Randle, he can get his own shot. R.J. Barrett, to a certain degree. And then that's it. You know, Derrick Rose played really well as well, but when you look at the Hawks, man, John Collins is a really good player. DeAndre Hunter can play. We know what Capella does. Trey Young can get a shot whenever he wants. He's going to be able to score at will in this series. I mean, he had 32-10. and 10. That was incredible. Bogdanovich is also another guy who can get his own shot. Gallinari can get a shot off the bench. Lou Will can get a shot off the bench. He was great for the first time in his career. He had a good playoff game. 6-9 from the field and 13 points. In 13 minutes, like that's all you really want from a guy like Lou Will. So, I was really impressed with the Hawks. You know, the New York Knicks can play better. Both teams, I think, can play better. I mean, outside of Trey Young for the Hawks, no one really popped. I mean, Bogdanovich had 18. Lou Will, you know, obviously, you know, he had 13, but no one else really popped. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how all this turns out. But. Yeah, this series is awesome. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. There's a lot of really good young talent on the floor. Obviously, you know Trey Young. You know he's he's an emerging star. John Collins is a good young player. DeAndre Hunter is a good young player. Bogdanovich is a good young player. And then the Knicks, obviously Julius Ran- Julius Julius Randle, if I could say his name. You know, year six. That's a really good player. R.J. Barrett. You know, he's made a real jump this year. When you look at his you know numbers last year, and just he looks way more comfortable this year. Obi Toppin, you know, he's a rookie, only got 12 minutes, but he's a guy who can play. Obviously, Derrick Rose, he's not a young guy, but everybody loves Derrick Rose. It's impossible to not love Derrick Rose. And then, you know, you got Emmanuel Quickly as well, who's going to be a really good point guard at some point in the NBA. He shoots the ball well. He's, he's got a good floater game. 
I mean, the kid, he can he can really play. He can really play. So finally, you know, the last game, last game one, I guess, that, that I want to look at before we preview the games that are going to go on tonight. You got the Grizzlies and the Jazz. John Morant, another young star who's really popping up here. Obviously, the Jazz didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but look, the Grizzlies, they, they stole the one game that they needed to steal. Now, you got to hold serve. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. This Utah Jazz team is really, really good. You know, way better than, than the Grizzlies, especially when Donovan Mitchell's on the floor. And, oh, man. So, Jaron Jackson Jr., let's, let's, this is a bright side here for the Grizzlies. He, he didn't play well. He was 2 of 8 from the field. Only had 7 points. Was minus 19 when he was on the floor. That's not normal. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., that's a really good young basketball player right there. More than good enough to be, you know, the two for the Grizzlies down down the road. So, hold on, my computer's reset. Um, Dylan Brooks, I don't know if they're going to get another game like that from him. He had 31. Played great defense. I love him. Just a high-energy guy. You know, let me guard the best player on the floor kind of guy, right? And, man, it was – he's awesome to watch. I absolutely love watching him. Valachunas – was great watching him and Gobert go at it is going to be fun. You know, Val Valanciunas and Gobert, two old school centers. Both guys rebound. Both guys finish around the bucket. Both guys protect the rim. You know, Gobert more so than Valanciunas, but that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. John ja Morant, dude, John ja freaking Morant, man. This is back to back games where he's been huge. You know, eleven of twenty one from the field, man. When he wanted to get downhill and hit the little floater, his floater game is so good. That's what he was going to a lot there in the fourth quarter. He would just get downhill and throw, throw up these little floaters, and he, he, he could do that pretty much whenever he wanted. He played really well. He finished the twenty-six and four. Only took one three. You know, is the confidence there? You know, obviously from the Golden State game, the first time that they played. You know, that was you know he didn't shoot it very well. There's some questions about his confidence and things like that. And then obviously, you know, the playing game against the Warriors, he absolutely lit them up from three. So he can be kind of streaky. You know, we'll kind of see how it kind of carries on over, you know, the throughout the course of the series because I, I do think that the Jazz are, I mean, they'll, they'll come back and win this series pretty pretty easily, I would like to think. And, man, it's just, oof, I love love this young, young Grizzlies team. They play hard. They play defense. I love their coach. He's awesome as well. You can tell he is intense when he's in the huddle. And it's this is gonna be a fun series to watch as well. This is one of the series that I didn't really care for. I figured it would be a quick four game sweep. But no, I it's this is gonna be a tough series for the Jazz. <clears throat> Just simply because of how tough the Grizzlies are and how hard they play night in and night out. Next for you know the Jazz, you know, man, Bogdanovich turned it on in the second half. Dude was absolutely electric. He caught fire from three and was just was in give me the ball and get out of the way mode. I mean, it was really impressive to watch him really go at it there in the second half. Derek Favors played great off the bench, especially you know with Gobert fouling out, which happens. You know, I hate that he fouled out. I think that you know the Jazz might have been able to squeak it out if he hadn't have fouled out. <clears throat> but obviously that that didn't happen. And, you know, he's got to be better. You know, he he had 11 and 10, you know, I know, or excuse me, 11 and 15. I know, you know, defense and rebounding is what he does, but he's got to give them a little bit more offensively, especially since Valachunas was in foul trouble for a lot of the game. He's got to do more for them. Joe Ingles wasn't great. You know, he was okay. 
Jordan Clarkson wasn't great. He was 5 of 16 from the field, only had 14, didn't make a three. So he's got to be better as well. Look, the, the Jazz, they're, they're going to end up winning this series. But I'm really impressed with this young Grizzlies team. And I really, really like this young Grizzlies team. They're, they're awesome. I absolutely love watching them play. You know, they play hard. They play good defense. They're not scared of the Jazz, which I think is which is really important, especially you know when you're playing in your first playoff series. You can tell they're they're not scared in the slightest, in the slightest. So games tonight, we got the Mavs and the Clippers. I believe that the Clippers are a six-point favorite. Let me pull up the betting odds really quick. I would assume that you know they're they're roughly six-point favorites. That would that would be my my guess. But look, I'm gonna take the Clippers to win tonight. There is, I mean, there's there's little doubt here. I I really like for the Clippers to win tonight. At the end of the day, they are the better, more talented team. Okay, Ty Lue is a really good head coach. He's a smart guy. He's gonna make adjustments, right? You know, like game game one is. It's the feel-out game, okay? That's, that's that's what it is. And hold up, sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. So, look, game one, it's it's feel-out game. You're trying to figure out what you're gonna have to do throughout the series to make things happen to win the series. And you know, we'll we'll kind of see what what adjustments the the Clippers make. I don't know. I guess they're gonna try and double him more. That would honestly be. That that would be my first guess, right? They're gonna probably throw more double teams. They're probably gonna try to blitz the screen and roll and things like that. But at the same time, like I don't really know. We'll we'll see. I'm super intrigued to kind of see what defensive adjustments they make. And I, whew, I'm so intrigued. You know, I don't think you know Dallas shot the ball extremely well in game one. I don't think that they'll they'll shoot the ball like that again. It'll be, you know, if they do, then it's it's just going to be a long, long night for the for the Clippers. Because look, like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, scored over twenty. I don't think that's really going to happen again. And you know, I'm super intrigued by this series. I am at heart a Dallas Mavericks fan, but at the same time, I do love Kawhi and these guys. So I'm I'm really torn, you know, to to watch these guys play and. Oh man, I am. Why can't I find the betting odds on this? Let me let me try Fox Bet. FanDuel just just wasn't really do, doing it for me there. Come on, load up for me. But yeah, I, this this game it's on ten thirty. I hate that you know it's on NBA TV. It's not on you know TNT or ESPN or ABC or, or anything like that. But. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I got him up. I got him up. So, oh, the Clippers are seven point favorites according to Fox Bet. Man, I'm I'm gonna take Dallas to cover that. I do think this is gonna be a hard fought game. I do think this is gonna be a hard fought game. Look, Rick Carlisle. That's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He'll he'll make his adjustments as well. He's probably has an idea of what's coming. And yeah, I'm super intrigued to kind of see how how that game turns out. And then you got the Lakers and the Suns. Yeah, the Lakers and the Suns, man. They're 
Oh man, LA's a two point favorite tonight. Man, I I think the Suns hold serve tonight. I don't think that the Lakers are completely back in rhythm. You know, LeBron's been out for a while. You know, he's just now coming back off of a high ankle sprain. You know, that's a tough injury to deal with. Anthony Davis wasn't great. I think he's still trying to find his rhythm as well. I think that the Suns hold serve tonight. Okay, I think Chris Paul has a big night. I think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and expect for, for Devin Booker to go for 34 again, but I do expect Chris Paul to score more than seven. So I, I, I like the Suns tonight to win and, and take a 2-0 lead on the Lakers. And then I'm, I'm taking Brooklyn tonight. I think they cover. You know, they didn't shoot very well in game one and still came out with a win. I think they shoot way better tonight, so I am going to take the Nets to win here. They're they're nine point favorites. I think they'll cover as well. So I mean, this is these are not hard. These are not hard bets. These are not hard bets to make tonight. So Dallas covers, Clippers win, Phoenix covers and wins, and then the Nets cover and win. So so if you're listening on the podcast, we're we're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna, we're going to get into Julio Jones a little bit and kind of the stuff going on with him. So we'll kind of see how that turns out. If you want to watch live, you can follow at shooting underscore the underscore Schmidt on Twitch. We're doing a live show now there, so if you want to check that out, feel free. Go on to Twitch, follow the account, feel free to to, to watch this thing go live. Uh, to check us out on Twitter at shooting. Underscore Schmidt, you know, Twitter's dumb. You know, you only get a limited number of, of um, like a limited number of characters. So I can't put shooting underscore the underscore Schmidt, which is kind of dumb. Then we need to look at YouTube as well. I'm gonna be posting clips and things like that from from the show. I may just upload the whole show. So if you miss it on Twitch, you can go back. If you want to see my beautiful face, you can go back on YouTube and watch it. And yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, see so yeah, that the YouTube account is at Shooting the Schmidt. You should be able to find that relatively easily. And yeah, so we we, we got things rolling here. So we're, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into Julio Jones and where he's going to end up. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And Julio Jones, man, this dude, Julio Jones. Man, I part of me feels bad for him because I don't know if he knows that he was on the air yesterday with Undis- on Undisputed. If you didn't see the clip, basically Shannon Sharp calls him in the middle of it and is like, hey, man, do you want to go to Dallas? And he's like, no, nah, I want to go win. Amen, brother. If you want to win, do not go to Dallas. They don't have a defense. And so I am I'm interested to see where he's going to end up. you got to have a lot of cap space to sign him. I think the Ravens would be a really interesting spot. I man, the Ravens, that would be oof. That'd be tough. You know, they they just drafted Bateman out of Minnesota as well. That's another good receiver. You know, it'd be interesting. I don't know if they quite have the cap space. You know, they'd have to eat about five million. But it's worth it, right? You know, you sign a guy like Julio Jones and you're the Ravens, like you're you you don't become the Super Bowl favorite, but your odds definitely improve right so look the 49ers that's where I want them to go I think given you know Trey Lance a guy like Julio Jones I mean that's just that's only going to help him given a guy given Jimmy G a guy like Julio Jones is only going to help him right so 
it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do there. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where he ends up. You know, he's made it clear that he wants to leave. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of see where he ends up. Obviously, the Patriots, you know, he said he wants to go to New England. I don't know why. Okay, Cam Newton is, he's old. He's not what he was. There's a real shot here that it could be Mac Jones by the end of the season. It'll be interesting. You know, the Patriots, they've had a guy like Julio in the past and Randy Moss in terms of a big guy who can run and and be a big deep threat downfield. So, you know, they know how to kind of scheme for guys like that. They've added some other receivers, you know, who were respectable. So it's not like they're, it's not like he's going to be Julian Edelman. He's going to be the only guy worth guarding. So that would be, you know, an interesting spot for them. I think the Chargers would be an awesome spot. The Chargers lost their red zone threat in Hunter Henry. They need a guy who can go up and get the ball in the end zone. That's Julio Jones. And, I mean, it would be, you know, they wouldn't eat any cap space. You know, they've got $38 million in open cap. I would love to see him end up in Los Angeles playing for the Chargers. Justin Herbert, that would be a great weapon for him, obviously. And so we'll kind of see who the Chargers would be interesting Obviously, you know, the Titans have been connected. You know, we've seen him working out with Derrick Henry and guys like that. A.J. Brown on one side, Julio Jones on the other. That that sounds really nice. They're really similar, though. So I don't really know how they would be able to play off of each other. I feel like the best receiving cores are when you have guys who do different things. And A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, they're, they're almost too similar. So I don't really know how I like this fit. But at the end of the day, like we'll see what happens, right? At the end of the day, he is Julio Jones. He's going to work wherever he goes, and it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there. So that's going to do it here on Shooting the Schmidt. Pretty short episode today, only about thirty minutes. But at the end of the day, like that's that's what you want, right? You know, you don't want me in your ear for three hours, like I could be. I think that'd be interesting. Actually, no, it wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't be fun for y'all. So. Once again, you know, follow the Twitter at shooting underscore Schmidt. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, shooting the Schmidt. You know, go follow us on Twitch if you want to watch the live show at shooting underscore the underscore Schmidt. And you know, if you want to follow my personal on Twitter as well, that is jschmidt underscore four. You know, to kind of keep up with my opinions and things like that. So I'm super excited to be back. There may be an episode tomorrow. There may be one on Thursday. We'll kind of see what ends up happening there, but. Yeah, I'm so happy to be back. Hopefully you guys will will tune in and and listen to me for a while. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I will see y'all sometime again this week.